2: Welcome to the Wolverine Confidential Podcast. I am Andrew Kahn. I'm Ryan Zook. I'm Aaron McMahon. In this week's episode, we will recap where several Wolverines went in the NFL draft. We will address some recent news with the men's basketball program and break down the football team's wide receivers. All that and more on this episode of the Wolverine Confidential Podcast. You guys ever notice i ryan and i both say i am i say i am andrew khan ryan says i am and, and mcmahon goes with i am have you ever noticed that we say it every single week so it's just these weird little things that stick out to me
1: <laughs> I, i'm Aaron mcmahon <laughs> just sound, like disinterested all the time <laughs> uh, anyway right,
2: how you guys doing
1: doing all right doing
2: all right are you little, doing old, andrew yeah we've got no There's never any up.
1: Aaron and I are lonely. You obviously have a family you can (laughs) interact with. (laughs) Aaron and I are stuck by ourselves all day.
2: That is true. And you don't have dogs. No pets, right? You guys got nothing. No. Thanks. Maybe I should ship over. I got two of them and we could spare one. (laughs) I'll ship over one of them to you guys for a little bit. There we Uh, go. Yeah. They they need a lot of energy. One of them, a lot of energy. One of them, not so much. So I'd have to choose choose wisely which one I sent to which of you. Uh, I
1: don't think Aaron would be able to take too much energy from yeah, an
2: animal. I'll get, I'll get the little 13 pound miniature dachshund then. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's far that's less work. There less you go. Work. Uh, so the NFL draft, that was the kind of focus of our, of our podcast last week. That's pretty much all we talked about. Um, now it is in the rear view mirror, so we will not spend too much time uh, talking about it, but I think it's worth a, a few minutes for our listeners to kind of recap, uh, the first thing would be how many Wolverines went. We, I said I said an over/under of was it six and a half or seven and a half? seven and a
1: half. And seven, I went okay. under. right I went was, under.
2: I was incorrect. <laughs> Aaron went over, and man, it was way over. Was it, it was not? over what, what I mean?
0: said? Yeah. What was the total? Uh, ten. Ten. I, I I said nine, and I thought that was even going to be kind of a stretch, but I, you know, and yeah, they went ten, and they almost could have had eleven. Levert Hill had been. I told Zook, does Levert Hill was sitting on the board for. For rounds as being mm-hmm. as the next best available cornerback and he never he didn't go. So right. They could have had 11
2: Yeah. Now he did end up signing a uh you know undrafted free agent contract, uh, as did how many other guy Wolverines that didn't Levert, get drafted?
0: Yeah, two of them. Uh Levert Hill and Sean McCune. Okay. Ended
1: up Mr. Mr. Shea Patterson's the only one that didn't.
2: the
1: did uh,
0: only outstanding person that yeah, he has not signed with anyone. Um you know, a little bit surprising, I guess it, mm-hmm. it was weird. You know, you know, I don't know if you guys pay attention, but like, if you go on the Facebook memories thing, like, like you know, if you go mm-hmm. back from years right. past and it, to this day, I think a su- a Sunday morning, I woke up and checked it and it was two years ago to the date we were heading to France for Michigan's spring trip, two years ago, 2018. That was the day
1: she who, who was, we <laughs> definitely not us. I mean, I'm you <laughs> Michigan football team <laughs> he in and his Florida. Facebook. Yeah. Pals.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, But that, that was a day that she, the announcement came down that she wow. had been, uh, had been approved for uh, for the NCAA by the NCAA to play it you know to play immediately mm-hmm. um, so it, it's a weird how two years go by you know two right. years ago he was you know the guy people were talking about Heisman Trophy and then he's not drafted so it's it's quite the quite the fall for him right um, yeah but, but I mean he may he may get signed I, I suspect he will at some point whether it's the NFL or the CFL or overseas so he'll, he'll land some.
2: What were uh, kind of the key takeaways you guys were, you know, all over it, Ryan, especially, you know, start to finish with this whole draft. uh, But, uh, you know, Aaron, obviously focusing on the Michigan guys, but kind of, you know, either of you, both of you, um, you know, a, a surprise player as far as where he, where he went, whether it was, you know, sooner or later than expected. We can, we can start with Ryan.
1: Yeah, I mean, for me, I was just how high some of these guys went. Like Mike Dana and Kalik Hudson in the fifth round. I don't think anyone could say they expected that. Both of them going off the board before Donovan Peoples Jones. It's it just makes you wonder what how teams evaluate certain players. And I mean, for Mike Dana, he didn't even get or, or Kalik either. I don't think got invites to the to the scouting combine, and and neither Khalid, of them had Khalid a pro did. day. Oh, Kalik did. Yeah, our right, Kalik did, but yeah, Mike Dana didn't have uh, a pro day. Didn't have. Uh, didn't have a chance to work out of the combine. And to me, I I thought he was undersized for the NFL level and he didn't really stand out too much at Michigan, didn't play a whole lot. And all of a sudden, Chiefs decided to take him in the fifth round, which kind of really, really surprised me.
0: Yeah, he was credited with one start at Michigan after you know his first team All Mac at Central Michigan. He was, you know, he was getting those accolades. Um, he was a big part of the defense this past year, but he, he wasn't the fo- well, a focal point. But, but that's, and I think I said this last week on the podcast, that's kind of how the draft goes. All, all it takes is one team to like a guy. And it, especially in those late rounds, if, if a guy you have a high on your board that you liked, whether it was interviews or, or just watching tape, and they're still there, you're going to take them. And that's, that's kind of how this draft is. It's crap in a lot of ways. You think you know, and then X happens, and it changes everything.
1: And it's not always about college production either. I mean, Lavert Hill was the starting cornerback all Big Ten for how many years, and then he doesn't go drafted. And then a guy, Mike Dana, transfers from Central and uh, has to work his way into the rotation at Michigan, and, and he goes in the fifth round. So it's always, it is kind of a crapshoot. You always wonder what, what, how teams of our NFL teams evaluate talent. That would be interesting to see how, how they identify guys, especially in a year like this when there wasn't many pro days and and there hasn't been as many pre-draft interviews face-to-face than, than that there typically is so yeah, those biggest, are my takeaways
0: biggest surprise for me was the fall for donovan Peoples jones i mean this was a guy who back i think october todd mcshay espn had him late in first round his mock draft now obviously he slid out as the season went on and, and everything else but most people had him going third to fifth round i mean kuiper Kuiper, Mel Kuiper said he had third round talent. He, in fact, I think he said he had second round of talent, but he was concerned about the, the lack of productivity during his, during his time at Michigan. And that's a, like a valid argument. And he slides all the way to the sixth round. Um, you know, I don't think that's what people Jones was expecting. I don't think that's what many people were expecting, especially given the fact that he left early. I mean, he could have came back for another year. So if you, if you leave early, like some of these guys had, you, you, you should be going relatively early, maybe not day one, but day two, um, so you wonder if Donovan's regretting his decision. Either way, he was drafted sixth round of Cleveland. Uh, we will get an opportunity there with with some good receivers and, and a young quarterback uh, to try and fit in there. And we'll we'll see if he can we can do anything. Um, not not a big surprise with with Caesar I mean, he was expected to go off the board first. He went in the first round. Um, Uche went. I think it's a good spot for him in New England.
2: Uh, and then
0: Ben Bredesen going to play from one hardball to another.
1: Right. That's what I was going to say
2: too. I think that's interesting. You know, like who, who, you know, who goes to Baltimore, where you know Jim Harbaugh's brother is coaching. I mean, does that? It's hard sometimes not to read into that of oh, well, that's a guy clearly that Jim, uh, you know, talked up. But you also know that you know these these organizations have their own scouting people, their own you know the head coaches involved. But I, I wouldn't necessarily read too much into that. It's tempting to do so, but I wouldn't say that it that it's necessarily that. Uh, And Bredesen got a ringing endorsement from his college coach that some of the other Wolverines didn't. But I'm glad you noted it because I did find that interesting.
0: Um. Uh, And then one final note for me, Uh, I think the best story of the Michigan draftees, Jordan Glasgow, three for three at the Glasgow brothers. Uh, He goes sixth round in the Indianapolis Colts. Uh, He follows his brothers who were walk-ons at Michigan just like him, Uh, earned a scholarship at some point during their playing careers. And then get drafted. So it's it's pretty he was another guy we were talking about. I thought he had no get,
1: shot. Yeah, he no didn't invited to the combine,
0: didn't didn't have a pro day, and he gets drafted. So it's it like I said, it's it's bizarre, but it, it it's a good story for him too. Uh, you know, just making it three for three for his brothers.
2: Yeah. No, we had uh I mean I I think feel like Hill was the only guy we missed on that that didn't get drafted that we thought would, and then yeah, I mean, more you know, one or two guys more or in cases four or five guys yeah. than we, than we thought yeah, overall, but sure. I'll say, I mean, my bottom, my bottom three, I had, you know, Shea Patterson, Glasgow and, and Dana as my like three real long shots. And two of those guys ended up getting picked. So, uh, yeah, good for them. Have a chance to go out and, and try to try to make a team now. Um, all right. Well, I, you know, that, that kind of concludes our, our draft talk, I guess for another, you know, <laughs> almost a year basically i feel like you know during the season it's not such a huge topic but uh we'll we'll see i guess where where we're at this time next year but um there was some basketball news um recently uh austin davis uh will be back for his redshirt senior season did have uh surgery on his right shoulder it was pretty funny i think might have been the um like story that Michigan put out itself on, on speaking of Facebook uh, on Facebook had had uh, Austin Davis wearing the, you know, kind of brace or, or sleeve on his left shoulder in the photo. Um, and I start looking back at our, you know, Mike Mahollins photos from, from our season. And sure enough, he did start the season with it on his left shoulder and then it moved to his right shoulder at one point. Um, you know, he kind of injured it during the season. This was, you know, it was, a, it was addressed by Joan Howard in, in one of the press conferences uh, kind of late in the year. He never missed any time for it, but it's clearly something that was bugging him believes he'll be ready full go by October. So there shouldn't be any, any setbacks there. Um, you know, as far as getting an elective surgery during this time, we don't need to go into that, but it it was kind of interesting to me that that happened. Um, but you know, you don't know guys, individual situations or whatever. Um, and then Franz Wagner, it was kind of funny to me that Michigan put out a release saying that he's back. He had never declared for the draft to begin with. Um, but it was hanging out there that he could. I mean, Jawan Howard. The last time he spoke with us, you know, he had said that both Isaiah Livers and Franz Wagner were considering entering the draft. Livers obviously did, um, and still is in the draft, and, and still has until early June to withdraw if he wants to. Um, Franz, now with the deadline having passed, um, he he chose not to enter. He'll be back for a sophomore season, and you know that's expected. But it's also you know you've seen guys that are thought you've seen guys make more questionable decisions than his would have been, I guess is, is the way to put it. And he will compete for, you know, kind of all big 10 type player next year. I mean, he's that, he's that talented, you know, six, eight, six, nine, uh, much better shooter. People, people say <laughs> than he was, than he showed last year. Um, and we'll certainly get, you know, more opportunity to kind of
1: have the ball in his hands without uh, Xavier Simpson. So, it's a, you you kind of cool wonder what that uh, hand injury early in the year, if that affected his shooting at all this year. Because, I mean, you saw, you saw his talent out there. And, and yeah, he, he, people thought maybe he, he would be shooting better um, from just his past pedigree. But I, I, I have to wonder how much that injury affected him early on, even if it's a, a confidence-building thing coming back, taking a while to, to boost that confidence um, coming back and, and getting that shooting touch back. Yeah, no, I mean, he admitted to his broken wrist on his shooting
2: wrist and, you know, he couldn't, he couldn't do anything with it for a time. And then he, and then he could do some shooting, but still, you know, you're, you take time off. Uh, geez, I can only imagine what my shot's going to look like. Uh, and I was, I looked it up cause I, you know, I write everything down that I do in my life day by day. Uh, March 6th, last time I, I played basketball it's Sad. Uh, so yeah, you take time off like that. It's going to, you're going to be a little rusty with your, with your skill work. Um, and, uh, He was, you saw just kind of the inconsistency and and kind of that, yeah, maybe not getting that rotation that he wanted. So, you know, you see that number jump from 31% from three to, you know, up closer to 40. And, uh, that's a major difference, um, you know, for a player that can already uh, do a lot of good things. Um, and, you know, getting stronger. I mean, that's the other big thing for him. It was not a big deal. Uh, it's, it's really not in Europe necessarily. They're still kind of behind, uh, for good and bad, Uh, you know, they focus maybe a little more on, on the skill stuff. Um, but now he's here at Michigan with, you know, a pretty highly regarded strength coach and John Sanderson. And, um, you know, we can see if he can, he can build on, on, you know, he's got, he's got a long lean frame and certainly there's room to put on some, some more muscle there and be able to kind of finish more around the rim too, uh, in the big 10 can only, uh, can only help. Um, so, yeah, those were the really the pieces of news. Jawan did go on uh, WTKA here in Ann Arbor to talk, uh, you know, a little bit about recruiting and, and Franz coming back and, and other things. Uh, you know, the main takeaway for me from that, and there's a story up right now on, on MLive.com slash Wolverines about this, is his recruiting approach. He's still going to go after whoever he wants. See, if, he, if there's a kid that's ranked number one in the whole country, and Joanne thinks that, you know, academically he can cut it at Michigan and he, that the, the kid shows some interest in Michigan. Joanne will offer him a scholarship. He's not going to be, you know, afraid of necessarily going against Duke and Kentucky, or now even the G League, um, you know, not, not deterred by the misses that he had, um, you know, this, this past recruiting cycle. Um, so yeah, he compared it to, you know, Michael Jordan missed, missed some game winners, but he wanted the ball in his hand to, to shoot again. So Joan's going to, going to keep shooting the shot as the kids say gotta like Uh, that so uh yeah and 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 it shows it shows in the way he has so far recruited uh the 2021 class um i mean just every day this past you know several days there's just a new a new kid in the top 100 uh reporting a michigan offer including you know a couple of the better players in the state of michigan for you know this coming year Um, and then, and then nationally, I mean, he's now offered, I think eight or nine of the, of the top 10 kids overall in the country. Most recently, uh, a seven footer, uh, from Minnesota ranked number two in the country, Chet Holmgren. Um, so yeah, there's, uh, there's a lot of momentum building, um, you know, as far as, as far as his, his offers, uh, 2022 is, is an even more interesting class to me just because that's where his son is. And his son is, you know, considered a four you know, start a top 100 kid in that class type of kid who could, you know, maybe bring other players with him. Uh, there's obviously a very highly touted, uh, right down the street in that 2022 class. Um, you know, people, a lot of people I talked to thought the NBA rule was going to be changed. Maybe they were just kind of misinformed or or whatever. Um, as far as the draft, uh, the, you know, your, your eligibility coming out of high school, but, um, I'm not going to say that's moot now, but it's, uh, this G League is a game changer now. You can still get paid and kind of play professional basketball here in the United States as a feeder system to the NBA without even, you know, being in the draft. So, you know, who who knows what the Imani Bates of the world will will do, but um it's a uh, it's worth following just because again, Jawan's son is, is his younger son is in that in that class. But uh yeah, that's about it. I guess we know that there's a couple new uh, opponents for for next season too. Uh, Southern Utah, whose coach is from the Michigan area, um, ha, you know, has has various ties uh, to the state. And uh, Oakland, um, you know, a school that uh, was not on Michigan's schedule under John Beeline for past several years. I won't say more about that. I wonder why. That just, yeah, that was not, let's just say they weren't on the schedule. Now there's a new coach and they are on the schedule. Um, so, uh, yeah, Oakland seemed to really want to get that done, and and they did. Um you know michigan agreed, so they'll they'll come to chrysler um yeah so uh we'll be it will be interesting to to kind of monitor all this um you know going going forward including uh well, i was gonna say there's also the votes for the n c a will have on uh potentially allowing transfers to be eligible immediately that's not for at least another month so we'll mm-hmm. we'll save that for a later podcast um let's get uh let's get back to football though um you know, we're going to get into the continue our position group series. This week is going to be the wide receivers. Yes. Correct. Um, But if you don't mind nationally, just, just a quick little hitter on this, there's been, you know, some rule changes that will be implemented for next season. Um, They're pretty basic things. Uh, I mean, Aaron, feel free to just uh, give us a quick review of what's coming next year.
0: Yeah, last week, the NCAA, every year, this time of the year, they kind of change and sculpt and modify the rules on the books. Uh, That was the same case this year. Um, They've got a couple interesting notes here. Um, One I I thought was the most, I think, for for the fan and just Mm -hmm. the the, the viewer, um, they are going to put uh, a time limit or or some type of time limit on instant replay reviews and try and limit them to two minutes or under two minutes, excuse me. Um, it, it didn't say how they're going to do that. I, I presume there's going to be some type of clock or they're going to try and keep track of it. Um, so they're, they're going to try. I think the, the verbiage used in the release was "We'll be um, re- officials will be expected to complete the reviews under two minutes. Now, that's not going to be a hard and fast rule, especially when it comes to what they call exceptionally complicated calls. And I don't know how that's going to be determined <laughs> right. or whatever else or end-of-the-game or end stuff. So they're going to try and take their time with those things that I guess maybe – impact the game more more so than, than a smaller call um which i think is a good thing i mean games tend to get they're, they're, i'm they're all slow. for it
1: baby let's do yeah. it let's make them one minute let's roll the dice yeah. and let's go find if they got rid of them, to them take... all together so
0: yeah. yeah you're not you're not wrong um so they're they're gonna they're, that's gonna be the case and it gets the most interesting uh, a couple other things players who rejected for targeting uh, in the past Obviously, they had to leave the playing surface and go back to the locker room. Mm-hmm. Uh, starting this fall, presuming there's a season, of course, uh, players ejected for targeting will be able to stay on the field. They'll be able to stay on the team sideline for the rest of the game and watch and everything else, so they don't have to go back to the locker room. And then uh, more, uh, I guess, more secretary-ish. I guess I think it's more interesting for us reporters, but they're limiting. Uh, jersey numbers to two, uh, two per pl- or two per team. So, like you, you can have you can have no more than two players have the same jersey number. Um, mm-hmm. That's it's a pretty common thing among teams where they have uh, one player for maybe per side of the ball that has that has the same number. Uh, Michigan, there are a couple instances of Michigan. They had four players last season that had the same jersey number. Um, this year, that will be limited to two. Um, to try and, I guess, eliminate confusion and everything else. Because I can recall, I mean, several instances in the middle of games where the stat sheet is updated with the wrong number, jersey number player got credited with a sack or a catch or whatever, just because there's so many players with the same numbers. So that's to be limited too. And then uh, NCAA is introducing football teams will be able to give out
2: the uh, zero jersey number. So a player will get a zero if they, if they want. Yeah, so. I mean... Okay. The, the, this is quickly like the two minute thing on the review is funny to me. It's not like baseball where it's like, all right, we're going to limit, you know, uh, you know, the, the time between pitches. If they say, well, you know, they've talked about that for a while or mound visits or, you know, what or, or the duration of the mound visit, because you can punish somebody for that, you know, stepping outside the box. If you're not in the box, you know, you, you get a strike. If you take too long on mound visit, like that guy's got to go out of the game then. like you can have, these are these are the referees that you're that are the, the ones that you're so like how what is the punishment ref gets fined if he doesn't do that i mean it's just that's like what yeah i don't know, know how it's, it's a strange thing but it, it's a good it's a good thought to try to keep it moving
1: well yeah. maybe if there's if there's no fans in the stands in the fall the, the refs won't have to deal with you know angry streaming fans and can just focus on the play and get the play right instead too so
2: there you go the <laughs> uh yeah, the players leaving, I always thought it was kind of funny that they truly had to leave. I was like, is, are they afraid they're going to come back like in another player's jersey or something right, and yeah. go on the field? Uh, there was memorably at, at Michigan Stadium not too long ago, uh, an Ohio State player, I, I remember giving double, double middle finger to the Michigan uh, crowd <laughs> on his way out. You're going you're to miss out on those opportunities <laughs> if you're not forcing them to leave the field. But I guess, you know, you take the good with the bad. Um, and yeah, the uniform numbers is, I think, helpful all around i mean it wasn't just a few years ago i mean michigan's quarterback wilton spate uh their kind of highest profile defensive player rashawn gary mm-hmm. and then their kicker or punter it might have been nordine or someone be, was yeah. they were all yeah. three three um it was like two that would be a yeah you know, it was it was interesting um but yeah to, to limit it it's not a bad thing i've got you know we've talked about my binoculars on this podcast before now that i have such fancy ones i can read those name plates, so it's no big mm-hmm. deal but Back when I was using my ones out of the you know Frosted Flakes box, it was uh, it was harder to see see the name. So that would have been helpful a few years ago for me. Um, all right, well let's talk about uh, let's talk about the wide receivers. Um, you know, basically there's there's we Michigan brings back some really its most productive guys, but loses some talented guys as well. Um, and then kind of the third wave would be those 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 youngsters, either the you know the the incoming freshmen or the guys who were freshmen last year who saw the field at times and, and flashed some promise. So um, that's kind of how I'd break down this group, but uh, you know, feel free to kind of, again, as I always say, set the table for us uh, with, the, with the wide receivers.
0: You, you nailed it. Uh, they, their most productive guys are back. Uh, they're, they're, you know, highest uh, biggest catcher last year, Ronnie Bell, 48 catches team leading uh, 758 yards receiving. He only had one touchdown. Mm-hmm. Uh, which I think was made a big deal at some point, if I remember, if I recall correctly. Yeah, some complete uh, idiot back.
2: writers really focused on it. But you know, what are you going to do? He he is back. Uh, he
0: he had a huge jump last year. I mean, he was I think the I thought I thought he was our best receiver um, from start to finish. He was sort most consistency. Um, he's he's intriguing because he kind of he's. He's a, he was obviously recruited a couple of years ago. He was, a, I think, a three-star borderline, two, three-star guy, wasn't heavily recruited in football. In fact, he was committed to play basketball at Missouri State, if I recall correctly. So he was a guy that kind of had to convince to play football, um, but he had the athleticism and the, the body type to, to do it. And he I ironically, you know, he was recruited for a different offense, but he tends to, he fits, I think, Josh Gattis' system pretty well. I and mean, he came in as a slot receiver. They started to move him outside. Um, but he can go either way, and he's a big, you know, k- yards after catch guy. I mean, as we talked about, he's only one touchdown, touchdown catch. A lot of his, a lot of his production comes in the middle of the field or in open spaces. So he's, he he has the potential to be a very good, you know, receiver. in, in, in next year, I mean, he could potentially be an all all Big Ten guy, first team. Um, And then they get Nico Collins back. Uh, he was a guy who could have left the season just like Donovan Peoples Jones. He opted to stay for one more year. Um, He is developed himself into michigan's um i think most threatening downfield receiver i mean i can't tell you how many times in the last couple of years where donald Peoples jones would, would kind of throw it up for him down the field 30 40 yards down the field and nico collins would come up with a catch um, so he's you know he's he's a big threat he again he's he's different because he doesn't say doesn't fit michigan's offense or speed and space rpo spread but he's you know his size and his frame Gives them to a win those
1: 50-50 balls, which I think exactly. Michigan needs. A lot of these new guys that they have coming in are younger guys. They're more twitchier, quicker type of guys that can are more shifty and, and they're not really those big, deep vertical threats that can go up and, and grab a 50-50 ball where Nico Collins gives you that option still where you can trust him in one-on-one coverage that he can go up and get it more often than that not.
0: Yeah, you hit it. And he, he's, I think, the lone guy in that in that regard because you mentioned the the, the – the quicker twitcher guys, you know, they get Gile Jackson, Mike Sanders, still back. Um, they both pretty played pretty heavily last year. Um, you know, they played more special teams, but they got reps and got catches at receiver. They're, they're going to be expected to take, take a big leap next year. And I, and I think they will, this offense is kind of tailor made for that slot receiver twitcher guy that Zook mentioned. And, and these two, I think um, have, have, have an upside here. They, they could potentially break out the season and into 2021 um they are the future receiver for Michigan, and I expect them to get get a lot of targets in 20 in 20 this fall, presuming they play again. Cornelius Johnson's an interesting guy too because he's kind of a middle, he's kind of that middle guy where he he can win 50-50 balls. He's tall, he's he's his frame is he's relatively you know thin. Um, uh, but he's got speed to him too. He was a he was a high four-star guy, if I remember correctly, we're recruiting him. Uh, he's 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 a guy that could take a take a leap too. He didn't he got more um, experience as the season went on last year. He he did play in all 12 games, only four catches. Um, but he has a potential too. And then Michigan's got a glut of guys um, kind of coming in here as, as true freshmen, um, you know, or, or guys that didn't play, la- the combination of guys that didn't play last year uh, and, and true freshmen. You got, you know, um, <clears throat> you got Roman Wilson, AJ Henning. Those are the two true freshmen. Zuki, I guess you could talk a little bit more about them, but you know, they both kind of fit Josh Gaddis's mold to what, what, what he wants, how he wants to play.
1: Yeah. both, both, both speed both speedsters. I mean, Henning was the the top rated recruit in, uh, in the 2020 class, Um, a a track star as well. Um, And yeah, he can, he was handed the ball off a lot too in, in, in high school. So I mean, a lot of reverses um, screen bubble screens, a lot of ways just to get his ball or get him the ball at the line of scrimmage and, and let him do his thing. And I think Giles Jackson and, um, and Sanders still are kind of similar guys. So the future of Michigan, uh, receivers is going to be, as it'll be interesting to see. I, I don't envision many, um, uh, future Nico Collins is coming in, but, uh, we'll, we'll see how this offense continues to evolve in under Josh status.
0: Yeah. yeah. I, um, go, go ahead. Roman Wilson. He's an industry name because he was, I guess he was one of the first guys that, when Josh Gaddis came in as as a receivers coach and coordinator and everything else, started recruiting. He was one of the first guys that Gaddis kind of went after. Um, I, I'm curious to see how he pans out. He was a four star guy, but more I think more of a mid to low four star guy. Um, his his numbers aren't his stats aren't earth shattering, um, but he's I think he, had, he did have a thousand yards receiving, eleven touchdowns in 2019 as a senior, or as, as a as a yeah, as a senior in Hawaii. Um, but he's a guy who I think Gaddis looked at and said. He could fit this mold of what I want as a receiver. He's he's six feet, once I think 175. So he's got some room to to, to put on weight, um, but he could be he could be very good in a couple of years. Um, and then there's there's a couple other guys that we um, that, that are coming back from the walk-ons. Jake McCurry, uh, I think he caught a touchdown pass last last season. That was a big deal. He, I think he was put on scholarship at one point. And then Nate Shanley, uh, another former scholarship guy, former walk-on turned scholarship guy, local guy uh, too back- from
1: Ann Arbor, Gabriel Richard.
0: Yeah, yeah, you're right. I forgot about that. He's back. I was told for fifth year he has, he got eligibility. Um, so they've, they they have experienced the walk on front. Um, they will not have Donovan Peoples Jones as we discussed earlier. He left. Um, they will not have Tariq Black at this point. Uh, he said he's he he's in the transfer portal. Uh, he has not announced anywhere. He he's I was going to ask you
2: that. I just yeah. assumed that I had forgotten where he landed. But he has. No, he hasn't. Yeah.
0: He has announced it. He actually, in fact, just uh, just uh, graduated. Uh, I, th- I saw him post on, uh, I think, uh, Instagram the other day that he's he a good point. I mean, it still is.
2: It kind of seems like it's you know, already 2023 at this point. But yeah, it's it's still school would have still just been ending now, so it's not it's not wild that he hasn't announced his destination, especially for football. It's yeah, I don't know. It's, um, yeah, you know, I imagine he'll he'll have his suitors for sure. Being given, oh in, yeah. You know, his profile and the fact that he didn't really, it was, it was injuries more so than like, you know, putting bad tape out there necessarily. So there's still, I think a lot of upside there. Um, but yeah, they do. Michigan would have rather had him back, but uh, yeah, he, he is gone, but yeah, you know, Bell, I think he said it, he was the most productive if you go by catches and maybe Collins, if you go by yards, if that was right. Or, and certainly by, you know, more touchdowns. Um, Bell is interesting because nationally and well, you know, both here at Michigan and nationally, he's probably best known for a drop. I mean that was just a high profile moment that happened in, in the Penn State game, and yet, over the course of the season in, in a way, I feel like he was he was kind of the most dependable uh, guy you know catching the ball like you said you know middle of the field those those third down plays you know when you needed when you needed a guy to just make a catch, you know even if it seemed simple he he got it done um and then yeah collins uh you know Sure I really remember it just seemed like every week fans were clamoring for just more deep balls to nico yeah. that's just what <laughs> they wanted it's uh you know could have maybe oversimplified things but uh yeah i mean he certainly has that potential
0: And i, I really thought nico could have went to the nfl draft this year i think mm-hmm. he has is the size and the frame and the, the production to, to show it i mean it's similar to people's jones but people's jones athleticism but i i think there's, there's a lot to like about nico collins and he could potentially be a, you know i could foresee him being a potentially day one or day two pick next year if he, if he puts together a similar season like he has last year mm-hmm. um, he could he could be Mich- I mean, hit between him and, and Ronnie Bell in 2020 I think Michigan's got a got a couple of really good weapons they got several other guys waiting in the wings kind of waiting to break out if you get if you can get one or two of those guys to to break out and have like a Ronnie Bell type season in 2020 Michigan's receivers are, are going to be set the question then becomes who's throwing them the football <laughs> and how accurate are, are they
2: a- absolutely uh, though no matter who it is i mean those are probably guys that had had a lot of reps with a lot of those younger receivers that you talked about stepping up because none of them were really you know none of them were starting last year and neither was whoever Michigan's quarterback is going to be whether it's still McCaffrey or joe milton you figure they got a lot of work together and in, in practice in that that second and third unit coming in um so there could be com- some you know kind of natural chemistry already already built there um but yeah nice to have if you're michigan uh Bell and, and and Collins back to kind of kind of lead that group, um, but uh, yeah, I mean it all works together. Like we said, we've already covered the offensive line. Um, you have got the quarterbacks, you got the running backs, which I think we did the running backs too. Um, so definitely did next the tight week ends. Did the tight ends? Yep. All right. So mm-hmm. expect expect the defensive group, uh, you know, coming next week. Um, you know, here on the, the Wolverine uh, Confidential Podcast. Any closing closing thoughts
1: from either of you guys on this? No, I'm I'm good. I might have had something two minutes ago, but I completely forgot. So <laughs> I guess we're just gonna have to move on and close her out. There we go. Save voting. it for next. Save it for next week. There
0: I is. guess one quick thing: voting should be I think the end. We were, we've been hearing about it for weeks. On the NCAA may vote on that um that waiver, the one-time trans, I think you mentioned sure. earlier, yep. yeah, mm-hmm. one-time yes. waiver. Har Harbaugh brought it up the other day. He's obviously endorsed it. He's he's full go on. He was one. Of the, he was one of the first few to bring it up last summer. Mm-hmm. Um, he's. He's full go with it. He thinks it should happen. More manuals on board as well. Uh, it sounds like it's going to happen, which it should be, that should be interesting. And it's going to, I'm curious to see the ramifications from it. Uh, you know, next, next couple of years, I mean, guys are gonna be more free to transfer as they wish. Uh, and uh, it's going to, it's going to change things. I think with, with regards to the transfer portal and, and kind of how you cultivate and recruit guys to your program.
2: Several college basketball coaches I've talked to, you know, just for other stories recently, I mean, they think, they think it's happening. Um, you know, that, this is the year to implement it because gosh darn it, you're gonna go through all these, you know, coronavirus cases and try to figure out who moved for what reason and then all this stuff. I mean, um, it's just easier to just have this be the year and then now you've put it in, now that can just be the norm. Um, I mean, I was also told it might just be a vote for this year and it will be readdressed at a certain point. But once it comes in, even if it's for, you know, the circumstances that have brought it out, I mean, it would hard to see be hard to see the NCAA going back on that um, once they had it for a year. So it seems like initially maybe the vote was going to be for 2022, but um, you know, they could approve the, the one year waiver. And then I I don't know, I would just expect that to to be the norm, but it will be interesting. um, You know, if that, that votes in late May, you know, in the the days to come after that, if, if that transfer portal is just flooded with guys, because I mean, sitting out a year is absolutely a deterrent for, for a lot of people that are considering, you know, leaving. And, uh, if suddenly, you know, Oh no, you're good. You can play next season. Um, you know, that, that absolutely, uh, changes things. But, uh, again, more on that in a, in a future episode of the Wolverine Confidential Podcast. So thanks for listening.